Welcoming you to another episode of the Female Health Show. I'm Raquel, and today we're talking all things habit creation, training hacks to make your session smoother, as well as some training tips to avoid in 2022. Now, major Spotify update. There's now a rating button in Spotify. I think Spotify actually won the podcasting war. And also those of you who use Spotify know that the interface for podcasting in general, Spotify stuff is just nicer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Android Spotify user. I'm not so much an Apple user. Anyway, so if you can please, please give my show a five-star rating, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you're in the car, do it later. If you're on your walk or you're just listening to this now, please jump on. I'd so much appreciate it. I don't actually think you can actually write anything, which is totally fine. Um, just give it a star rating, a five-star. Five stars would be so, so cool. Um, I do want to be able to um, talk to more people this year. And as the show grows and as we move into the, what is this going to be? The second year? It feels like three years, but I started in late 2020. So when I hit to the end of 2022 this year, it's going to be two full years of having this podcast. This is insane. So you know, I think from where I started to where I am now, just talking, it feels so much easier. When I listen back or when people say they listen to my my episodes from the very first episode, I cringe a little inside. But <laughs> we, you know, as everything that we do in life, the more you do it, the better you get at it and the easier things feel. And this feels a lot more natural than it did at, at the very beginning. And I'm not so pedantic on me making mistakes anymore. Like you'll hear me um and ah, you'll hear me slip up a few times. But I think that's just part of just giving you who I am. Like, I don't want to be perfect. I know I'm not perfect. And I don't think presenting people as perfect is realistic. And you know what? I'm not about that life. I'm just about being me. So if you love it and you're loving the show, please um, give it a five-star rating. I would so appreciate it. Anyway, so this year, the podcast goal for me is just to continue to create um, great podcasts on the Female Health Show, on female health, fitness, and mindset. Um, You know, and I have had so many listeners reach out to me that just love the podcast and just love what I'm talking about. So, you know, those of you who have sent me messages, I'm speaking to you guys as well. Like, please, please be so appreciative just to press five stars. That's all you need to do when you jump on the show. Click on the Female Health Show and just give it five stars. I'd love that. All right. So let's get into the habit segment of this podcast. So, yes, this is a pretty common conversation at the beginning of the new year. And you probably have been sliding through your podcast new episodes on Spotify or iTunes. I don't really know how iTunes works, but anyway, on Spotify, you go into new episodes and you can just see all the titles of new things. And I know on all of mine, there's been a ton of things on habit creation and goal development. It's just the theme of the beginning of the year. Anyway, so maybe you don't want to listen to another person talk about it, but it's actually been quite refreshing to hear a few podcasters talk about it and reiterate to me what I can do better, how I can think about it better, And honestly, it's just actually keeping me on track. Um, You know, sometimes we think we know something and we do know it inside. But when someone says something, it just lands a little bit different and it makes us actually be able to attack the task or get through the day a little bit easier having that in the back of our mind. So first of all, a habit isn't made in a day. 
there's not a special time frame. So I want you to stop thinking like, how many days will it take to make a habit? 45 days, 30 days, 18 days. Let's get out of that mindset because I think it actually creates a little bit more of resistance. Like some people don't actually want to do something for 30 days because what happens after you've done something for 30 days and you've religiously forced yourself to do something that maybe is a little bit out of character. Sure, it might be a little bit of applied suffering. Maybe it actually works for you and you're just going hard and balls to the wall. But usually what happens is people rebound. And when we talk about weight loss, usually 95% of people who gain weight, you've definitely heard me say this before if you listen to my podcast, 95% of people who lose weight put all the weight that they lost and more back on. So what we should be really considering is how can we just make our day-to-day a little easier to get towards the change or get the success that we really want. So I personally think it comes down to mindset and behavior. And a lot of people look to James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, um, he's, uh, his book, I actually haven't read his book, but I've listened to a lot of his talks on YouTube and things he says just lands so freaking well. I would highly recommend to look at his book or have a look at him at him on YouTube. Have a look at him, have a look at him on YouTube. Um, James Clear, Atomic Habits. Anyway, so one of his quotes is actually every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs But as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. So when I read this, my perspective on this is the more things that you do that either positively reinforce your habits and behaviors and your ability to get towards your goal, you're going to be voting with that action and that action is eventually going to accumulate and therefore success or therefore you may it may achieve the objective or may unlock the next level of you, right? But when you vote with actions that are unfavorable and potentially unhealthy, we're not getting to the next step of you. So this is where we see the same uh, lesson reoccurring in our life. So the easiest example I can I can give is why aren't I losing weight? I've tried everything. Well, you maybe you have tried all the weight loss tips and you've done all the diet shakes and you've done all the cardio possible, but it's not sustainable. It's not long lasting change because something in the cup or something with your voting and your actions is not working out. It's actually negatively impacting you and you just can't sustain that person, that identity. So in my opinion, I think when it comes to habit creation, especially in a new year, how are you voting with your actions? Like what was the goal that you had this year? Or what was the goal that you had for the original 90 days of this year? And about 59 of you, 69 of you listened to that podcast in 30 days, which is about two people a day. So those two people a day, if you're listening to this, if you listen to the 90 day goal setting podcast episode, which I did at the beginning of this year, what was your goal? And are you voting with your actions accordingly? And if you forgot your goal and you don't know what your goal is, I would suggest to go back to that episode, or I would simply suggest to like intuitively feel what is it that I I need? Like what, what does your like soul, body, mind feel like it needs or wants. What is it craving? I feel like we know what we really want inside, but sometimes we either ignore it or we avoid it. We don't want to talk about it. We play it down. We make ourselves feel smaller because maybe the goal is seems too big and large and out there and bold. But you know what? We can achieve anything in this life and it's fucking amazing. I'm sorry for swearing again, but Seriously, it's fucking 
awesome what we can do as humans but we limit ourselves and our limit is our mind so if you've got the goal if you had the goal and you feel like you've lost your way with the goal and getting towards where you wanted to go then i would strongly encourage you to well first of all thank you for listening to the episode because maybe this is what you needed to hear but second of all i would highly encourage you to just sit down with yourself create a space that you feel safe with yourself and just let everything free flow out like get some sticky notes get a journal what do you need what do you want what do you want this week what do you actually want to do in the next couple days like maybe you can't think in months or years because that's too scary and too out there so i think break it down make it small make it achievable what do you need to do today or tomorrow to make you feel like you're getting closer towards that change that you want or that success that you're looking for And as we know, and I'm not sure what episode I did it in, I might just click around so you hear me clicking around the background, but I'm pretty sure I did an episode on motivation and it was quite a big hit and it is. Episode two, Motivation is Bullshit is the title Um, that was on August 4th, 2020. So have a listen to that episode and I would encourage you to get, you know, if you're feeling unmotivated, have a listen to it. Maybe that's what you need to get your zest back for life, okay? So part two of today's show is training hacks to increase productivity during your training session. Okay, number one, get off your phone. Every time you go to reach for your phone during a training session is intensity wasted. So what I mean by that is you go on your phone and you spend too much time being on your phone and now you don't actually know how hard that set was. You're like unclear on your actual energy levels. Um, And probably you take too much time and you rest too long or completely opposite. You're not resting enough and you're kind of really ignoring what your body actually needs. The niggles, do you need to warm up a little bit more? So seriously, get off your phone. You're losing track of time. Um, I've been there, done that too many times. Use training time to focus on yourself. I feel like so many people want to have a better mental health. They want to have like space for themselves yet you come into the gym and then you're on your phone scrolling just to like scroll on social media again instead maybe you could use your phone to film some film some of your workouts and film some of your exercises like use your phone as a productivity hack and as a tool not so much as a way to get lost when you're bored i don't think you should be bored when you're training i think you should be really tapping into what does my body need do i need to warm up a bit more do i need more time to rest between this was that really hard how many sets have i done like are you actually thinking about it do you need to watch a video on youtube from someone if you don't have a coach um, a, lot of, a lot of people don't do that they just come into the gym which leads me to my next point number two know what you're training before you come in if you come into the gym and just pick random exercises to do there's no consistency week to week on your routine and the training intensity you actually can't measure so therefore you can't really apply progressive overload in order to grow muscle or to lose body fat with weight training So I see it a lot, like the gym is a skill and I feel like a lot of people dumb down the gym like skill level or either avoid the skill and go to the cardio section of the gym. Or point like C of this essentially is they just try everything and anything and they don't really get anywhere with it. So A, if there's no consistent program to work off, you can't apply progressive overload. You cannot understand your intensity week to week and you're just applying too much variety. I mean, you're not learning the skill 
better. You're not learning about what your body's doing well. And most people are really not aware of their body movements, which is a shame. Uh, we're not really taught that at all um, until you're you know, doing exercise and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And then you start to think, okay, what am I doing wrong? How do I make this better? Um, and then my other point to this was like, you haven't acquired the skill required to squeeze the muscles correctly and position the body right for maximal muscle engagement. So if you come into the gym and you've just got a workout with random exercises or are overtraining, maybe you're just not sure of what exercises to do to grow that muscle or to help lean out that part of your body. Even though we can't spot reduce, you can train better to actually make muscle um increase and body fat decrease so you know you can watch youtube videos you can do the diy way and watch you know youtube videos and follow your fitspos and copy their workouts even though i would never advise this i know people do it um i feel like it's a cheap way for people who don't really want to pay the investment cost of having a coach but i would seriously encourage most people to get a great well-known or respected coach pay the extra cash pay the extra money invest your money in something that's going to help you improve your form your your technique is like number one priority here it's a skill which is what i'm trying to say to you all the gym is not just something, oh, I know how to do this. No, most people don't know how to squat well. Most people don't know how to deadlift. Most people don't know how to use their body or do a plank or position their body in the correct way. So get a coach, first of all, um, because they're going to be able to show you how to do things better. And second of all, it's going to be able to keep you accountable. Like you're going to be working with someone who actually wants to help you like get towards your goals. The problem I see is that people are just not serious enough about their goals. People kind of don't want to spend the money because they think their goals, a, they can do it on their own or, um, they don't want to invest that much in a coach because they just don't see the value in it. They don't see like what like what is this program? What am how much how how is this program going to affect me long term? Well, a you're going to be able to squat better. You're going to be able to hit depth. You're going to be able to engage your core. It's going to affect your functional ability day to day, like hanging the washing, picking up things from the floor. If you have children running around, being able to ground yourself, being able to move is a really uh, underrated concept because as we age our movement usually gets worse. We see older adults with hunched backs, with broken hips, knees. Um, they, they are unable to walk on their own. They need wheelchairs. And I mean, like you can still see this deformity happening in middle-aged people anyway. We can see how they've got that curved over spine, that hunchback appearance. We can see that they can't sit upright without hurting their back. We can see they can't bend over without their knees giving way. We, we can see this already happening in middle age. So what is really the cost of having someone to teach you how to be more body aware? What is the true cost? It's probably not a cost. It's an investment because you're not going to have to have hip replacement, knee surgery. You may recover from those easier if you are already around that um, age group. You know, my dad is an avid bike rider. He was absolutely smashing himself with the bike and he also lifts weights quite often and he had his second hip replacement. Um, he hurt his original hip when he was younger. He fell off like a 
two or three meter wall as a kid and he hurt his hip and so the other one naturally you know gave way so he has had both of his hips replaced the first time he had his first hip replaced he was unhealthy he wasn't where he needed to be in health and fitness and he had a longer much longer recovery process and with his second hip replacement he was feeling really good and able to start moving at the six week mark which is far earlier than a typical um, hip replacement surgery it takes anywhere between eight to 12 maybe 20 weeks for someone who is not bodied and abled so it just goes to show you how he's had both his hips replaced and this is a prime example of being an unhealthy person to being a healthy person and first of all the first hip replacement he was a lot younger he was i think 35 um or even 38 because i was in school and i think it was like grade three and then he was 45 so about probably like eight to ten years later when he had his second one and he recovered faster so age is just a number it's what you do with your life that's probably going to impact you the most and so if any of you are on the borderline of reaching out to a coach or asking for help i encourage you to have that conversation it might just be that one thing that you need to do to have a conversation to find out what it is that you need everyone's different everyone needs a different anyway let's move on so training hack three is training with a friend or a partner can be a fun one and often helps with motivation so when i first started out training i was training with my partner at the time and it was so great he helped me with exercises he showed me things like a lap pull down that i had never ever did in my life even though i had been a group fitness instructor for about three years prior to meeting him and so he taught me all things about the gym like being in the weight room i knew a lot of things about um group fitness and like using a barbell and some dumbbells right anyway so he showed me a whole bunch of things and i just copied what he did he just said hey do this do three sets of 10 of this do the seated row and to be completely honest i had no idea i knew that i had to squeeze certain muscle groups because i had that fitness background and he also was doing his bachelor of exercise and health science um sorry sports science and uh it was fun it was fun and he really taught me a few things and eventually built my own confidence to go on my own so we all start somewhere and it might just be what helps you kick start back into 2022 if you've been feeling a bit eh and out of it just bring someone with you it might just be that you need someone's energy to help you just continue going going in and, and having that like buddy system is kind of nice because doing something with a friend is creating that community that sense of like you can talk about the same thing it's it's really helpful now my last one is interesting it's about the spicy cough and if you've had it the rona if you've had the rona recently i would strongly suggest to ease back into it we've had a lot of um, conversations around this with Raquel Fit PT clients who've had it and have struggled to get back into the gym so my recommendations for you folks are one start light your respiratory system has been punished do some form of cardio light to moderate intensity at least three to five times per week make it your mission to move and exercise the respiratory system of your body so you can get some form of it back i would not suggest any high intensity training at all you're far too fatigued your immune system is low it's probably going to take some time to recover with what we've been seeing with the clients and other people that I know who've had it. Um, you just need to just you just need to do something rather than nothing, because, again, like we said at the beginning, you're voting with your actions. If you're doing that three to five times per week over the course of a year, 
by not doing anything at all, it's going to make a large difference to your respiratory system and just your general health in general. So when you weight train as well, start light. Um, you may push hard and then feel dizzy or super fatigued during the session and after. So be mindful of this and start with two to three sets of five exercises for a couple weeks before increasing this volume. Supplements, vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc your life up. Supplements are a tool. They help a lot of us and good quality supplements especially will support your body. I used to think that supplements were fake and crap and they didn't work. But once I started using ones that were certified and accredited and had good like brand reviews on them as well as like... um, as well as knowing what my body needed for it to heal or improve the symptom that I was struggling with, it had a major difference on me. And so you can either work with a naturopath to learn deeper about what it is that your body needs by getting blood work. And it's really good to work with a naturopath and a really good naturopath too, because they will be able to see things and get other tests done like a stool test or a breath test. And we can test these, test so many things. So, or a saliva test as well. Anyway, um, What I want to highlight with that, though, is that vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc, there are a lot of papers on the Internet. Um, You can simply search PubMed vitamin D meta-analysis or zinc um, and COVID. You can type those things in the um, in the Internet and write PubMed or the I think it's called the National Center of Health Medical Institute. They've got their own like it's a scholarly website. It's accredited, published, peer reviewed, systematic and meta-analysis, all those fancy university terms, that's where you want to go to. You don't just want to want to have a look at dot um, .com where it's got an article written up by some Joe Blow that we don't know. All right. Super Aussie as I can get right there saying Joe Blow. Anyway, so um, I hope those tips help you, ladies. Now for the final segment of today, training things to avoid in 2022. One, adding jump squats and lunges into your workout to make you feel like you did something. One, you don't need to add in jump squats or lunges to the end of your workout as a finisher. There's this notion that more is better. I think it comes from social media partly where you see, you know, women doing jump squats and lunges to grow their glutes or um, just to they're just doing stupid things with kickbacks on treadmills. And I'm still seeing this. It ain't it, babes. Like that's not it. <laughs> they might just make you feel like you've done something because of the huffy, puffy, sweaty nature of it. But I think honestly, most people just don't train properly or hard enough. And so adding these in is a little bit of, of like the burn factor that you wanted to feel. It's just not it. Stop doing them. Um, Please get rid of them from your workout, especially if you have bad knees, bad hips, if you're not landing properly, if you've got rolled ankle issues. Like if you're not able to get a sweat from resistance training, please message me and let's get in a session. Otherwise, if you think I've got this all wrong, I would love to hear your opinion on this. But I highly doubt that um, it's going to make any sense in terms of like finisher like we don't need to do this it's just i don't understand this concept and if you do do them and you've got a reason i'd love to know why i just don't get it i just think it's a um, group fitness thing that we've done over the years because it's increasing intensity is creating that burn you're getting that sweat and it's like essentially selling you that you're working hard but in a gym sense i just don't see how it makes any sense at all 
Number two is waist trainers. I've had more questions about this recently. Um, Yes, they hug your body. And when your body is hugged and held by something tightly and it heats up, it creates sweat. The body goes through a process of homeostasis. It's trying to create equilibrium within the body. So sweat is a pathway the body created. So when you move or the wind hits you, we can cool down. The waist trainers are just a waste of money. Please don't give in to the hype. You also cannot spot reduce, ladies. You cannot just put the waist trainer on and expect the fat to be seeping off you after a few weeks usage. Like what happens when you stop binge eating and stop drinking alcohol and being so stressed out and exercising moderately three to five times per week? You don't need the waist trainer. Last but not least, actually, no, it is the last one. Number three, not warming up or warming up on the treadmill. First of all, you need to warm up properly with mobility activation exercises. It shouldn't take you 30 minutes to warm up. It should just take you five to 10 minutes. Also, stop static stretching before a workout. Static stretching is where you hold a warm-up exercise for a few seconds and then, you know, change the other leg, change the other arm, whatever. This is actually loosening the muscles and the muscles need to be tight in order to maintain tension and stability at the bottom of the squat or whatever movement you're doing at the top of a shoulder press. Stretch post your workout, not pre, please. Dynamic, yes, might be a good way to get some blood flow through the body. Just don't do static stretches. I really think that's a really bad idea. Now, back to the activation and mobility things. You know, doing something like glute bridges, prone hip extension, banded crab walks, banded bench squats for a lower body day is a good start. Maybe upper day, you do a dead hang, you do a plank, you might do some shoulder dislocation with a down rod, Dr. Lock Big Three, a light lap pull down or anti bench. You know, some coaches might recommend a warm up set of each exercise before doing them. I don't subscribe to this as the starting point for a beginner lifter. I think, yeah, sure, it might be easy to execute, but I think when you can just do some light mobility and activation exercises, like even with mobility, like foam roller or just getting into that like fascia just to release some, some tension rather than stretching it, might actually also be a great way to. Loosen the body. I see it all the time with stress out, stressed out clients when they're sitting at their desk and they're getting frustrated and then all of a sudden their neck hurts and their shoulder pain, they're touching their shoulder and trying to massage it out and it gets worse. Stop touching it. You need to get some blood flow in there. You need to get within the fascia and it's something that you can do like self-myofascial release with a um, trigger point ball or foam roll is fantastic. Anyway, so I subscribe to the advanced lifter who, who needs many warm-up sets before doing the working sets with like a squat, a deadlift, a bench press, you know, shoulder press, sure. But as a beginner lifter, I think it's okay to do, but I think there are other things that you can do just to get your body to move. Because if you're not an advanced lifter, like you need to be able to understand what is weaker with light load. Like if you have to put load on your body to feel what's weak, you're probably unaware and not aware of your body body's weaknesses well enough. So that's that's my take on that. And it shouldn't take you long. It should take you like five minutes. Like what's five minutes out of your day? It's not it's not a lot or out of your workout. So I wanted to end this podcast today with some positive reinforcement. Don't let your fears or overthinking stop you from exercising and finding your community of people. You never know who you might meet, what you will learn, and most importantly, what you will discover about yourself. Fitness is not just about looking good. It's about being able to connect with yourself better and also making friendships along the way too. Whenever you feel nervous or scared, feel it as excitement. 
the excitement of starting something new and not knowing where this could lead. Life is truly beautiful and there's many sliding door moments in our lives of opportunity that if you just take the leap of faith, you may end up on a side that you only imagined and hoped for. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Please don't forget to leave a five-star review. Have a great day, night, evening, wherever in the world you're listening to this from. Thank you so much for being here. Speak to you all very soon. Bye.